this. Oh, are we, are we in play? What, Sorry, are we in play? Yeah. Oh, so right. we've been recording that whole time. No, 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 we haven't. I just press right. record now. Great. We don't think you can really understand the world until you understand more than your perspective of it. So we created a podcast exploring ideas and alternative views to everyday issues. Tune in. We hope you enjoy. So today we are supposed to be talking about greed. Not foot modelling. Not foot modelling. Mm-hmm. Greed. Like as a concept. One of the seven deadly sins. As a psychology. What are the other seven deadly sins? Oh, we've had this conversation, have deadly sins. Lust. Lust. Pride. Uh, pride. Am I just repeating everything envy. you say? <laughs> yes. Envy is very, very closely linked to greed. Okay. Apparently. So I read something earlier that said that greed can only really exist when there's envy, which kind of suggests that if you're already super wealthy, and we'll talk about greed in terms of money here with this example, if you're already super wealthy, your decisions aren't necessarily motivated by greed. They're motivated by envy of your mm-hmm. peers. Like, so envy is like the trigger. You greed. want to be the top of the pyramid I see. sort of thing, as opposed to, I just want more for the sake of having more. Mm. And I think, where would it have been good in human history to be greedy? On the savannah when you're fighting for your survival? Feast and famine, right? It must have been. Not really, because like, if you're going back to the days of feast and famine, couldn't really keep it either, could you, right? Like, it's just, that's actually, it's like a fox in a hen house. It's not greed that gets them to do that. They just. Yeah, but they're not everything. really worried about storage, right? They're just worried about, like, it's better to have more when you need than not enough. Right? Or making sure that you have as much as, if not more, of what your peers have. Okay, so just to double check this, yeah. potentially you're right. Yeah. It has to have envy if we only say that envy is only a human trait. Because I'm now let's talk about savannah and like animal kingdom, right? Most uh-huh. animals just kill for what they need to eat at the time. Very few kill multiple to mm. keep to eat multiple yeah. and yeah. indulge. Yeah. So some do when they're like hibernating for the winter. Yeah, but even that is that's not greed, is it? It's yeah. more like it's actually it's, it's a necessity. Mm. So, so is it is envy squirrels. only a human thing? Like this the nuts. Yeah, they hide and borrow shit for later, right? Is that not the same? Is that greed? Because it's for later. They will have to use it. Yeah. whilst Over a long winter. Yeah, whilst like what we're talking about, like human greed, is like some people don't, will never use it. Impossible. Well, yeah, billionaire probably doesn't really need to be a billionaire. Yeah, but that's on the assumption and we're making the assumption that the kind of excessive wealth has anything to do with greed. So you don't think it does? Well, I don't think it's necessarily given that it does. If someone's a billionaire and it's incidental that their wealth comes from what they do, like Mark Zuckerberg. But wouldn't... Like, why is that? Should he have stopped at Series B and just gone... But isn't the assumption that if he, if you're not greedy, you will give most of it away? So i.e. what Zuck has done with the Chan Zuckerberg Foundation, what the Gates Foundation has done. Well, that, those are methods by which they give away most of their wealth that they don't need. Here's why I don't all the way agree with that. Because it's, co- it's, it's like, should charity be proportionate to what you have? Or should charity be whatever you're comfortable giving? That's an interesting question. Because it's kind of like, okay, Mark Zuckerberg is a billionaire, as is Jeff Bezos and stuff like that. Should they give 90% of what they own away in order to not be called greedy? Like, but everybody else... I think should is an interesting word there. That is an interesting word. I think what's interesting is that a lot of these people show that they want to and they put in time and effort. And I imagine Zuck's quite a busy man running Facebook. And yet he dedicates a proportion, not just of his wealth, but also his 
it's energy, it's mental energy. I imagine, and this is the cynic in me, mm. but he has a kind of what, PR Nick team. Clegg's telling him to do it. <laughs> he, has, yeah, he has a PR team that is basically kind of like, you need to be... But then why hasn't Bezos, by that logic, people still use Amazon, right? I don't understand. I don't follow. Bezos doesn't really do any th- philanthropy. That we, that he doesn't do any public philanthropy. Mm, yeah, okay. But like, you know, he's not public about his philanthropy. Like, yeah. I mean, I've read this on Twitter, so maybe it's wrong, but like most of his wealth he has kept for himself or given away in his divorce. Yeah. And I think kind of like... He's not like curing malaria, eradicating malaria like Bill Gates is. No, but I'm um, like, I don't know, Big Jeff, but like he may or may not be doing, have multiple charitable endeavours that aren't in the media. Surely no, no. That, okay, no. Yeah, but the, the, the point here is that you're saying, okay, Zuck's been told to do that by his PR team. Yeah. Why hasn't Bezos? It's a, it's a consumer product. Maybe he has and he just doesn't care. Yeah, but... But the point is, if they're not, if it's a PR thing, he would be public about no, no, but it, that's, right? But no, I guess that's that's Ken's point. He's like, just on the assumption that it was done the, the way that he's saying for Zuck, it was a PR stunt. Yeah. But he's trying to say that Jeff may not care about PR and he's actually just all humble about it, is what your point is. Oh, I don't think humble the, and the, Jeff Bezos going the same. Well, it's actually, it's kind of, there's kind of two points because it's kind of like, okay, Jeff or any organization that is consumer facing and gets to the size of mm. Amazon and Bezos will have a comms team and will say, if you are incidentally interested in philanthropy and you're making yeah. charitable donations, can we leverage that? Because we think it would be great for the brand. That's probably likely to be happening. Some kind of CEOs, I think CEO of, who was it? William Hill or the gambling company that made the most, Betfair, in Betfair that made the most in a year, kind of like came out and I think was very public about philanthropic efforts. Mm. Jeff Bezos, other people might prefer to just say, actually, I think our business is doing well enough anyway that we don't yeah. significantly need the extra PR from my charitable I endeavors. Think, I think I've answered my own question in my head, which is that Amazon can probably afford to be like that as a brand because they're shit hot operationally and it's like, it's hard to avoid Amazon if you need certain shit in certain areas of the world. Whereas Betfair, for example, like it doesn't, ha- it hasn't captured the market in that way. But well, is, it, is it even bad? Go on, sorry. sorry. So I'm I'm kind of like going a couple steps back to your concept of well, should you have to give away something so you're not perceived as greedy? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I think is a good one because like you know what, most of these tech numbers that you, as in tech owners and numbers you see, actually personal wealth is not actually that high as in liquid, right? A lot of it's actually tied into their companies, and a lot of it's only tied into their companies because if they give it away, they'll lose their company. At certain stages, but like Zerk and Gates, okay, and Bezos are very, okay. very rich, which is fine. And I mean, as, as you as you pointed out, have given away their money technically, right? Yeah, IPO at that level, you're yeah. going to be liquid to like, yeah, okay, which is fine. Liquid to your eyeballs, okay, which is fine. You did the work; you deserve your money to an extent. But what I also find interesting is let's take our good friend Marcus Rashford, Obi. The OB? I think it's MBE, MBE, but MBE. I mean, what, he should just be the king. MBE is higher, isn't it? No, MBE, OB, CB, KB. I don't know why I know that. Anyway, but regardless, he gave away 20 mil this week, I believe. Are which, you which is he higher, gave away 20 mil? Which is higher than his own personal wealth now. I have a theory that the UK does not deserve Marcus Rashford. I would strongly back that theory. So let's talk about that. Football is also perceived as greedy, but yeah. quite a lot, mm. right? Now, is it greed if you've worked out that your career is 35 and you're now done your pension and you want a good life for your rest of your life? Is that greedy? How do we define that? Is it greedy if you spend a lot of your time doing charitable work but not actually giving away your own money? Mm. Because 
I think it's also defining what greed is, really, isn't it? Because, like you said, it's envy, right? I think I said it. Can oh, it can, it can be related to it because, like, I think that's an interesting thing. It's like actually, must you give away your own money? Must you say that you don't want more money for work that you are doing in service? Like, what's the definition of what that is? That it's unfair because, like, for example, footballers do gain. That tend to be called greedy when they want bigger contracts. So, but they want bigger contracts because they deserve the more money based on their marketing rights, right? The definition is intense and selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, or food. So it's the power one that I think is the more interesting one. And it's the one that I think manifests itself more on a day-to-day basis. People of greed are power. Yeah. But the one of money, I think that's just more a concept of understanding where someone's coming from, right? I think you're more likely to be money greedy if you haven't had a lot of money before. Whereas if you're already quite wealthy, the power one surely has to be. Yeah, but that's, that's because you, you've got the privilege of already ticking one of the boxes. You've like, moved on to the next one, really, isn't it? Who was I having a conversation with the other day? And it's kind of like a loosely linked example, but we're talking about who is your financial inspiration? Financial. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Who's your, really who, saying, who's your financial inspiration? And I said Rick Ross. Yeah, and he's uh, he's, oh. a, he's he's a rapper entrepreneur. Okay, and everyone kind of like laughed at me. He was like, "What, Rick Ross? Like, why is he your financial? Why wouldn't you say Jay Z?" <laughs> and I said, "Like, Jay Z and Nas are both exceptional investors now, but to get a buy-in, uh, to get kind of like um, to get on an early round at Coinbase or to get early in Airbnb." You have to have a significant amount yeah. of wealth or influence. So it's kind of like that is. You have to know what you're talking about. That, that for me is good entrepreneurship, but mm. it's incidental to already having made your money in another area. Now, Rick Ross, this guy owns like 25 wing stop franchises. To me, he's. Wing ha- shop. Wing stop, which wing is like stop. a. That lemon purple. Wing outlet. It's like. Oh, a, it's can a we order wings after this? Oh my God. Yeah. Like. You get wings up here. Y'all both just look, they, they both just looked at me because they think, okay, because I'm in my house. I asked, let's get food an <laughs> hour and a half. I said I wanted food an hour ago. You're going to keep me up do tonight. Do you get wings up here? Is the, is the question. I haven't, I haven't checked, but. Um, let's look on delivery. Delivery. If you can increase your share price, but I'll appreciate it. My point was that kind of like, he is closer to an authentic entrepreneur that kind of spots an opportunity. And it doesn't matter that he was the kind of barrier to entry wasn't aided by the fact that he was already kind of wealthy. Yes. Like he may have gone for two rather than 25, but for me, that's, there's something cool in that. Okay. So let's take a step back on the question. Is it about who's going to get me more? Is that, is that the question? Who am I going to bank on to get me more? As in financial inspiration? Yeah. No, for me, financial inspiration is, because Murdoch is coming into the mix. Yeah, you know? no, <laughs> like, enough, that guy's on a different freaking level. It's less about more. It's more about who would I want to be my mentor. Okay. And that's also, a good, like, that's how a, that's do a good I want thing. to make money? So, yeah. I wouldn't want to make money like Rupert Murdoch. I was double checking the rules of what the question is. Like yeah. who, if you had to say someone that's just going to give you back money, who is it? That's a different yeah. question oh, and power. But if I had to say like inspiration in terms of like, I would want them as like a mentor for business, for growth and stuff. I'd be looking at Mark Kuban. I'd be looking at mm. Gary Vee. I'm not even going to lie to you. Reid Hoffman. Reid Hoffman. Reid Hoffman. I'd be looking at Reed Hoffman. And Reid's given a lot of his money away to like political causes. Yeah. I love how I speak about Reid as though I know him. I don't. I'm not going to lie to you. used to work for a company that Rich Sports Media board. and LeBron James are high up my list, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like they're really high up my list. Like yeah. those lot have hustled the whole system. What's Jay-Z's VC? Taylor Swift? Uh, fund called like i think that's like inspirational what they've been able to do and the smart moves he's made like yeah he just sold title right 
to really set title to. I'd also say Serena Williams. Absolutely. But again, for me, it's kind of like that's incidental entrepreneurship. Yeah, because she was just talented, well, made money from that. Uh, but I'm thinking of two specific women in time recently, celebrities, where I've just like, I looked at them and I was like, you made your wealth completely from a different source, which was quite weird. Jessica Alba, I believe. Oh, yeah, she's floated a company. And then is it, um, oh, yeah. and was it also yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop and Goop stuff? Goop is quite it's a successful like, business. That was yeah. Goop. It's like Gwyneth Paltrow's lifestyle brand. It gets a lot of hate because there's things like candles that smell like a vagina, but it's like a wellness so, brand. <laughs> yeah. It gets, it gets a lot of stick. Uh, no, media. see, the world has gone too far. <laughs> the world has gone too far. You're about... Two years too late to the vagina smelling candle, by the way. Let's bring this I on the no next idea. podcast. Vagina smelling candle. Give us Gwyneth's number. There was also like a feature on Goop magazine where the writer like steamed their vagina or something. And it was like, you know, this new wellness trend. And then a lot of like doctors came in and were like, don't steam your vagina at home. <laughs> <laughs> if I they had to release a circular. Saying, yeah. Well, you know, they did it when the president it's, told people to inject bleach, right? It, yeah. So. Sorry. Fair enough. There's a lot wrong with that. I just want to call something out here. I annoyingly just Googled best entrepreneur on Google. Yeah. White man, white man, white man, white man. Oprah. Yeah. White Oprah, man. Oprah, the queen amongst white, women. White man. Ariana Huffington. White man, 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 white man. So they've just, she just dropped the biggest white man thing on me right now. But that could just be Google's algorithm, right? If, no, I from, think it's like, you know, it says, that. Just like it says from yeah. sources across the web. Yeah. So it's algorithm across the web. But what's interesting about this is it's almost a definition of kind of like wealth as opposed to a definition of yeah. hustle, right? Entrepreneurship technically yeah, should that's... be zero to 100, not from 110. Yeah, but that then you're just exactly arguing with Google. Like, of course, hustle is like more of like an intangible quality that is harder to like metrics. That, that's what I would want somebody to teach me that's why hustle. I want the mentorship yeah maybe like, you can't teach hustle though maybe you can't teach hustle but you can hone it yeah yeah that's if, true. if someone's got like the raw kind of aptitude yeah to want to make something you can definitely I've, I've definitely learned in my career to be more hustly and like to just lean into those instincts a little bit more and just like sure. do stuff people I find in the workplace people are generally receptive to you going I've got an idea and I'm going to do it yeah. And I'm not going to try and convince you now, but I'll show you the value afterwards. Yeah. Sort of thing. I think that's that's like a an interesting concept. But going back to our original point. I forgot what this podcast is about. Do we think greed. that Thank greed you. do we think that greed is bad? Have you just done have you just gone and gecko us? Is this what just happened? Are you is the next thing greed is good? Greed is good. I mean, okay. I you all know that I hate binaries, so I think it's hard to say. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's in the middle. Shades of grey, fifty. Okay, so like, I'm like, like Caroline's irritating me. <laughs> it's like, pick a number, girl. European Go Super back. League. <laughs> I, I, okay, that one's a really interesting one. European Super League. Okay. I'm chucking out there. Are you going to argue that the ESL was good? If you, Is it greedy if you have clubs that are in serious debt and some that have serious problems and have found a solution to get out of it. Oh, come on. That's not what this is about. Is, is, no, it's a question. No, uh, why? no, no. no okay. why? Let's not, let's why? not, let's why? not, no, no. Let's remove yourself for a second and let me just put it this way. You have 10 businesses on the street and they're all in debt and they found a way to come out of debt. Is it wrong if they did? For anyone who doesn't know what ESL means, ESL is the European Super League that was kind of introduced and dismantled within the space of 10 days. Oh, but they came Um, out, they came out with a statement this today. Okay. Saying. So this was the last three remaining teams, Barcelona, Real Madrid and Juventus have taken this to court 
wow. to call UEFA a cartel under section whatever, whatever. Okay. And then wow. number two, Monopoly. So they've gone down. They're literally trying to label them as a cartel. Can I just say why I don't think it's a very smart business move? Oh, stop it. And Go that on. is because they didn't listen to their users, i.e. the fans. They're not None their users. The f- That's Well, actually, they did listen to their users. Their users are in China. <laughs> they've worked out where their users yeah, really are. They're, 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 they're <laughs> traditional football, users. The, the like British Premier League would not be football without the fans. Yeah, the, it would. The British Premier League. It's a great it wouldn't, export. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be the same. Like if if everybody stopped tomorrow out of protest, going to games. That's the whole last in, year. No, but in normal times, like there would be no atmosphere. Players wouldn't want to play for those clubs where there were no fans. Okay. Okay. Provided it was limited to one country that there was no fans. But yeah. I, I gate receipts. Just generally speaking, the reason Arsenal moved from Highbury to the Emirates was because it preceded a time when your highest revenue came from uh, TV rights. So oh, okay. it preceded that that time. So kind of like it made so much economic sense to move from a stadium that was, I think, 38,000 mm. to one that was 60,000 because the economic potential is just very, very clear. But actually... The last rights cycle for the Premier League, teams who were relegated were making something like, I think, 70 million. So it's kind of like, yes, I think if we live in a capitalist society and we say consumption and overconsumption is possible within this framework that we've decided to live in, how can we then turn around and go, if you go for the most you can get and the maximum, you can't do it or you will be shunned by society for doing it. So I'm not like with Florentino Perez for having suggested the idea, but I think it's kind of like a little bit hypocritical for everyone to be like, you've gone against the fans. They went against the fans when they signed the Premier League deal. The, the fans, fans aren't of primary concern anymore. So are you saying the fans are complicit with, you know, overconsumption because... I don't quite get the logic because, you know, those fans generally aren't like the millionaires or the billionaires. They're not wealthy people. Like, I don't get yeah, But they're this based point. in the UK. If you globalise your okay. products, you've now got fans in Australia who are paying a subscription to watch your game. Mm. The people who are most interested in protesting are potentially the people who are the gatekeepers of old football, terrace right. fans. Whereas now... You've actually got on-demand football. You've got platforms like Dazen, who will show you Bundesliga and National Leagues for a yeah. subscription and Netflix service. Football's changing. It changed when the With streaming top teams came in and formed the Premier League. And gate receipts aren't necessarily the best route to economic prosperity if you're a top-tier football club. That's completely different, and it's almost a different sport if you're a League Two football club mm. and you rely heavily on the local community. That, that hasn't changed because people in China and people in Nigeria aren't streaming your game yeah, or aren't paying a premium to watch your game. So I think it's kind of like, it's, it feels weird when knowing all of that, people are sort of saying the European Super League shouldn't have happened because we've created a framework where this is a natural progression. But so, okay. So to decouple it, right, there's the culture which is the main thing about this. The culture lives in the society where that football team operates. And I think that if you take it as these teams don't operate in a society, but they just operate in stadiums or they operate in a, without the connection to the environment, then that is probably the big clash. If you go and you put a, and there's also like the issue with like, if you go and put a football team in the middle of the desert right now, and then they're going to be part of Super League, no one gives a crap. Mm. The problem is you have literally done it in some places culture as society and you're going to operate there and stay there but not be part of it 
mm. is an issue. However, I think the other thing that is also key to this as a whole logic on when we're talking about greed yeah. is operationally by you progressing and going further and capitalizing, yeah. you will be doing to the detriment of every other part of that tiering system. Right. So that is the greed element. Now, one person can look at greed, the other person can look at opportunity, right? Which is the weird thing about it. You have the top clubs that are looking at it like this is a progression to do more, to I'm, make I'm, more, I'm, to share more. And we don't want to get left out. And we don't right. want to, oh yeah, it's like, how, how, actually, as a chairman, it's actually unethical for you not to agree to be part of it if you yeah. knew everyone else was going to do it. Yeah. However, that is the logic of where you're looking up thing, right? You're not looking down in terms mm. of, let me not be capitalistic. How does this affect my society? Yeah. Which is the gist of it. And that's the question of, is that definition of greed? What, hold on, why does it affect the society? Okay, let's just, let's just break it down on if, if it is true that okay, yeah. the simplicity of they will no longer be part of the Premier League, right? Let's just yeah. say that happens. Yeah. So you got the top clubs who have bring the attraction of TV money into the Premier League and therefore the tiering system now disappearing. If they disappear, you have now left other clubs which will inevitably get less because someone else's TV right money must go towards this other thing in most likely situation. So is your argument that if they take the top six out of the Premier League... The TV numbers go down. There's no doubt. So the TV numbers go down, then you pay less for TV. If you pay less for TV, the rest of the clubs get less. The rest of the the tiering system should fall down. So it technically means League 4 team, League 3 team, whatever, gets even less of life or whatever. So it dies off. And then therefore you have died off a culture. So that logic is the thing of like, if someone goes too far past it, which we already have, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But if you even go further past it, you'll cause even more problems for the lower peg society, which is simplicity of rich people, right? Did that not happen though already? Oh, it's, it's already happened. It's With just the that... Premier League. The diff- that's from 92. Uh, probably, but I th- I don't think so exactly because I actually think that just injected money into it, if anything. It injected money into it and it probably stretched out, but I don't think it killed off. I just... I, I was, it's an assumption. That one I really don't know. Query whether kind of from a psychological perspective not even a psychological perspective a commercial perspective you have a duty as a ceo of man united to care about that i think like say if man united say if it's not man united say it was just some other consumer brand you have to care because you're not you're selling to people within a culture and like you're selling to people and your brand has to be respected but you're selling to more people sorry you're selling to more people not if by your logic so okay you optimize for the fans in china or wherever but then the club becomes less popular in its origin country like you made the point that man united wouldn't be man united without its origin story like man united wouldn't be man united without people going to old trafford and being there and but, but people I think it's wanting like a, to play there it's well, like a trade-off isn't it it's like best, global guys. fan base versus local fan base and mm. there's one winner commercially the global but also but can i just say no, i'm saying they're, they're, still symbi- I'm saying they're, they're still symbiotic like no. you can't, you wouldn't have the global fan base if it wasn't such a thing locally yeah but like okay they're symbiotic until one dwarfs the other and then it's kind of like I you would still have the global fan base now even if nobody in telford went to i question that i okay. really do tonight just to be clear, I already think that's happened though. So like when you yeah. go into Man U, Chelsea, Tottenham, all these places, I think the fans that have been there and have passed down season tickets from generation to generation to generation probably look around and be like, these aren't the same real Tottenham fans or real thing fans. I think right. that they're already in a place of like, these people are 
they're coming for this as it's a show, not because it's a culture. Mm. I think it's already partially happened anyway. Okay. I think respect to Liverpool, I think that's probably the one that's probably stayed the most true to itself in terms of fan You'll core never base. Work a lot. Work but then, alone. like, I've gone to a Tottenham match. I've gone to You'll a- never work alone. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like some kind of anti-work from home rhetoric. Anti-lockdown <laughs> rhetoric. Like, like, if I'm being honest, so I'll I, never I, walk alone, guys. I am a, I'm a Man U fan, and yeah. the last time I went to, it actually came up on my thing recently. Last Are you even to... from Manchester? I hate it when people so make fun of me. Okay, so you want me to support Abuja FC? What do you want me to do here? <laughs> what, what's that logic? Like, I'm a, I'm one of those global fans. I watch them in freaking <laughs> Nigeria. What do you want from me here? Like. I literally watched them in Nigeria. I support them. It's been 10 years since we were in the Premier League because that's the last time I was there. They're doing like a good pointless. job if he's a Man United fan. In fact, that's exactly what they want, mm-hmm. right? That you are use case X. But this is the thing, right? Last, the year before COVID, I went to an Oscar match to the Europa League. We went. Me, we we me, went. Me and Lizzie, yeah. I went there. That place was bloody empty. Yeah. So it's kind of like I was there at an Oscar match and that place was empty. Why am I a non-Arsenal fan in an Arsenal game during an Arsenal match? It's not like these tickets, they can be sold, they can be shared, they can be moved. It's not, it's not a big deal. Really, realistically. The difference is the chanting and stuff. Like you go watch Chelsea. They only got one chant. Chelsea, 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 Chelsea. <laughs> Outside of that, respect some awesome. Chelsea fans. Don't, don't come near my house. But all my, my gist of it is that it has changed. There's definitely yeah. some more white collar behavior there that has changed that vibe as well. Because they used yeah. to be railway workers. They used to be stuff. It's yeah. changed. So it's already moved. Now the question is, where do you stop? And let's be clear about who's tried to stop this, right? UEFA, who when you go to a UEFA Champions League final type match, normally in a thing, half the seats are to special execs, not to fans. So there's, that wasn't, they weren't considered even for that, for Champions League type stuff. So they're not considered. And then to top it off, what have they done? How do they operate? They literally operate on the model of how can we make the most money out of these clubs? Of course. So they're doing it. The whole system was doing it. These guys were just like, well, you're trying to make money out of me. How about I make money for myself? And then you go make money for yourself. And then they turned it back on him. And as a director, like your duty is to like return as much to your shareholders as possible. Mm. Like your duty is not to sort of like do it in a way that is PR friendly. It's only when it hurts your pocket that PR. Let's say there was no negative press about this. Do you honestly think it would have been shut down? Also, actually, even taking that, the quickness of that negative press by the media, by BT Sport, by Sky Sports. Boris I, Johnson came out. I, I looked at that. Like, Boris, like, had supported it previously. And like, I, I look at that and I can, I, I can just think that that was a situation where they realised they were going to have to pay through the moon for this thing and it wasn't worth it for them. And they probably came back with a rhetoric really quick, being like, going to kill football. BT Sport. Yeah. yeah it yeah, was yeah. so strong, yeah. so quickly. There was not even... No one did the argument on news, technically. No one did the argument, why would it be good? Exactly. It didn't come out once. That's true. Don't get me wrong. The way that they came out, ESL came out, is someone needs to sack someone anyway, because that was the The worst press release ever. It was stupid. What did it say? No, it was just stupid. It was just like, they just did you put out the press thing, and it was just like, oh, you just thought this was going to happen. That was literally the definition of privilege. Well, then Gary Gary Neville... (laughs) It was like, you just thought it was going to happen. Yeah, Gary Neville really set the tone with it. Gary Neville and and Jamie Carragher were kind of like the voices of... And that's interesting, right? It's like ex-players. Like, they're the people who were going out and playing for those people on the terraces of Old Trafford or wherever. Gary Neville also owns a club in the football pyramid. Uh Uh-oh. 
Salford. Also, also, if you take a step back, you ask those players, would you rather win the Premier League or Champions League? They choose Champions League. Why do they choose the Champions League? Why Champions League, you're having a It's more prestigious. It's more, but what? If we're being, if we're being like, oh, it's about where we are. And it's like Europe. It's It's not even doing the FA Cup. Okay, FA Cup's quite tough. It's not as tough as Champions League. Hell no. Speaking as a Bolt Wanderers fan, who in the days of Bolt Wanderers, glory days. Um, went to see Bot Wanderers play in the UEFA Cup. The reason that was so exciting was because it's like we're not in bloody England anymore. We're in bloody Spain, yeah. Atletico Madrid. Yeah, it's like it's like the internationalism of it. Did you win? I can't remember if we won against Atletico Madrid. I think we drew. I seem to remember. The thing is, I don't think that there was going to be, and I may be may be wrong on this. Don't quote me. But I don't think there was going to be European Super League to the exclusion of all European football. I don't think that was the plan. I no, I wasn't plan. saying that, but his point was saying like, oh, people don't want to win the Champions League. They want, sorry, they want to win the Champions League, not the no, it, it's Premier a, League. It, my point, the, no, they do want to win the Champions League or the Premier League, but that's also yeah. my point. It's just like, it's a high level competition, right? Once again. But this wasn't no, but, going to be a competition. They were going to just say, oh, everyone qualifies. Like, you just get a free pass. Like, it would have been that's boring what, football. That's, that's what we haven't touched on. And that's what really pissed people off. And that's what, I kind of It's not sportsmanship. It's the lack you of competition. It's okay. the lack of competition. Okay, like, the but fact you... that Arsenal, dead club, like got an invite to the table. The Champions League don't even follow Arsenal on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> they don't follow us on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, but I no, no, come on now. Like that would be insulting to them. But in the grand scheme of stuff, right? You say it's not competition. I watch so much American sports. There's so much competition. Right, NBA. I don't know much right. about so that. all American sports, NBA, NFL stuff is franchise based. That's the logic that they were trying mm. to do. They realize you can make more money within your own club by controlling your own TV rights yeah. and your own behaviors and your own everything, your own schedule yeah. and stuff. And your own content around the football as well, and the stadiums and the stuff. That's what they're, they're trying to make it more, in, in, technically more entertaining mm-hmm. to the audience that is one, potentially more foreign to it or more younger. That was the demographic they were going for, which excludes the traditional football fan behavior. So, or what your grandfather and your grandfather's grandfather watched. But if you actually, as a logic, you can't say it's not anti-competition. Don't tell me LeBron ain't comp- competing. Don't tell me Brady ain't competing. They're competing. But I get the concept. But it's more because our current concept that we use is relegation or promotion. But you can't say, like, also half of the teams... Also down, are- like, to barriers to entry, though. You can start a football club and climb the football pyramid, technically. It's very unlikely like to happen. Neville. It's very unlikely to, uh, unlikely to happen, Neville. but it's possible. And what people were sort of saying is that, like, with the European Super League, yes, it would work how the NBA works. And yes, it would be more elite competition. It would be kind of like a lack of depth of competition. But they did say that they would invite other teams in. Okay, Leicester then win the Premier League six times in a row post being the only team that that, that, that was the only team there. Leicester would have increased their thing. They'd be like, Leicester, you want to come join the table? Leicester be like, yeah. Come, you know, we want a bit of paper. We want a bit of Rick Ross lemon pepper. We yeah. want some we want some wing stock. That's what it is. That's just what it is. But would they have done that? They said it. They said they would do it. If Leicester got invited, you think they would have said no? No, I mean, would they have been invited? They would. That's question. what they said. They were just like, the concept still works for them, right? It's just like, actually, we're making money, but there's this one other club that's actually doing kind of well now. <laughs> it's, it's actually more economic for them to invite that club in to see how they would compete against their elite, right? But is your point around like opportunity, like the clubs like Leicester can get an opportunity to sit at the table? They can now get the opportunity to win the Premier League because other clubs aren't there. <laughs> <laughs> they should, should enjoy that too. There would, definitely, would definitely be some sort no, of... No, but uh, you won't get the players. That's the truth. Yeah. It's, that's yeah. the problem. It's like if a club is making one billion 
and in another time is making 100 million, the difference of what you're going to spend on players, by players, same players, is different. So yeah. that economies of scale doesn't work per se. Going on to one other idea about this, though. About so, the ESL. About the ESL, but talking about greed specifically. Going back to my first thing. Now, let's just say yeah. in the next year, we find out that Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juve are now bankrupt. Yeah. And the clubs go under. Those clubs won't go under. It'll be the smaller clubs that go under first. Bolton Wanderers survived 2019, guys. Anything is possible. Rangers, wait, didn't Rangers go exactly under because they, of they the misunders their funds and they've just come yeah. back. So they took them three, four years to come they back. Had to, they had to, they got relegated to tier three. Yeah, they? so um, you can go under. Okay. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying it's unlikely for those big clubs. Well, like, don't get me wrong. Barcelona chairman's been going around to the banks trying to get a loan of 500 mil and he's trying to get the loan to not to spend on more players to pay the existing ones. Yeah. So then, shit. But they will almost certainly get that loan, right? Because the bet for the investor will be that football will come back with a vengeance post-lockdown. They don't have the kind of rights package that we have in the UK. So they heavily, heavily rely on, I think, gate. I think kind of like international fan base, sales, all of that sort of stuff, kind of pulling this out of my arse here. But... Next change because <laughs> send <laughs> because they don't have the rights package of a Man City or I guess owners or like the Premier League clubs. A couple of seasons like the ones that we've just had will really affect their pocket. Right. So I think they are scrambling because they're really over leveraged and indexed on we're going to pay you the same as what you can right. get in the Premier League. But we don't make stuff money. But we don't necessarily have the economic infrastructure because of the rights package that you can get from as a Premier League club selling your TV deals to Sky. Because at the end of the day, the top six in the Premier League are super competitive. The rest of the Premier League now is also really competitive. A mid-level clash in Spain is, is not being yeah. watched in China. Just, whereas just gonna a Tottenham Leicester might be. Yeah. And on the basis of that as well, actually... The TV numbers for Syria are so low, so bloody low, incredibly low. So the Syria, their numbers are low and they're just like, well, this isn't going to work. We've tried everything to make this bigger. We've brought in the biggest players. It's still low. No one, I, I've not watched one Syria match in the last decade, which is quite shocking because I watched, I've watched Belarusian football during COVID because I was Abuja done. FC. So I said Belarusian. That's Nigerian as no, Abuja FC. No, I know. I was saying, and also you have, I know but, where fucking Abuja is. I was just checking. I've so, known you for long enough pro- to know that. Pronounce it one more time for me. Come on, give it, give it good accents. What you got? Abuja. Uh, Abuja. I also, can I just say a view about where Abuja was before I met you guys because of Queen Chimamanda. Yeah, she writes very good books. But anyway, my, my point is that your market's crap. So if your market's crap, you're in the Syria, it's not going to get any better. You can't do anything to make yeah. it better. What do you do? You're like, okay, I want to be part of the Prem, innit? You can't go to the Prem. Exactly. So what do you do? Get the Prem to come to you. <laughs> Actually, it's not about it. Like, um, our classical numbers have dropped. No one really watches Barcelona Real Madrid as much as they used to, and, and which once, used to be the biggest thing ever. Once Messi is done, done with well, football, Real Madrid, Barcelona... That's not that sexy a game. Anymore. It really isn't. So, like, like, all of these things are factors. So, you would be relying, the La Liga and Serie A are saying, we're going to expel you. 
Those clubs are looking at them and be like, are you stupid? Are you stupid? We're the only people paying the bills right. here, man. You're going to expel me? You know I'm going to expel you. Do you know what's really interesting? Interesting to see whether you lot agree. It's now less about players and more about coaches. That's true. Yeah. Coaches now are the celebrities. Like if you get a good coach going somewhere, you know you've got a good brand of football. And right now the Premier League is so rich in the coaching that it just makes it such an incredibly exciting league to watch. I know, right? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Like, but like, I guess ultimately, like, if you're going to ask me whether, I think greed is, going back to what I said, if we live and we've organised ourselves into this society where you can be super wealthy, super power hungry and all of those things, how can we, I don't think we can realistically say people shouldn't, but I also do recognise that like, to the people who aren't in those positions of privilege, the more out of reach and out of touch certain people get, the more frustrating it is. Mm. So it ends. And I think that that is just a symptom of the period of capitalism that we're in. We are seeing this kind of increasing wealth gap between the very, very rich and the very, very poor. And I don't know, like, I think it probably has to end somewhere and it probably will end somewhere. I know we're wrapping up, but... It's also just the funny thing about stocks and shares, isn't it, really? It's just like everyone thinks they're in on that stuff. but That's agreed. Yeah, but everyone well, thinks they're Bitcoin. in on it. But isn't it like 90% of the stocks and shares are like owned by just like the wealthy 1% anyway? But that's so a, a recent con- trend of like, you know, apps that enable you to invest. Like, I think it is becoming more democratised. Well, I, I just think it's more the more my point is even the concept of that people think that they're getting involved, not knowing that. But they are increasingly because of technology. Yeah, we're getting involved, but we're playing checkers. People are out here playing chess. <laughs> it's just like, like, yeah, but then you've got people making up. a lot of money about on GameStop, right? Like, that, on, honestly, maybe they're outliers. Honestly, I think, I said that's greed. I actually don't think it's greed. I think it's just like opportunism. Do mm. you really want to miss out on that? I put money into cryptocurrency a couple of weeks ago. I put crypto money into cryptocurrency the day before Elon Musk opened his thinking. <laughs> I invested in crypto mouth. in 2017. Did you? Mm. Okay, you you're, buying, you're buying dinner. Question, are you, but will you, will you give away 90% of your profit? Well, I'm not very, really? very wealthy. No, no, but you are in terms of that. That's money you didn't really require because you even had the ability well, to Well, I've not bought a house yet. So maybe once I've bought a house. Uh, you know what? I don't think Elon's bought his fifth yacht yet. You know, he's still waiting for that fifth yacht. Oh, girl, is it wants to get on the property ladder. Like, Elon wants to get on that fifth. He that's wants, different. No, he wants a yacht in every ocean. Right now, he has to move his is yacht around. Why does he no, allow no. me to just own a property in London? Allow Elon to have five yachts. <laughs> It's different. It's different. It's different on perception. I want, I want to sure up like my economic future, right? Like I don't well, want to okay. be like paying rent to the man. Oh no, no, I respect fair that. Enough. Don't get me wrong. Like, that is fair. That. But the question is, where does it end, right? Because like for me, you get the mortgage, you get the house, you get the car, you get the thing. You know what? I still go on to the next thing. I go for the holiday home. Okay, after the holiday yeah. home, where do you go? Where's, yeah, what's like, that? For, for me, happiness like stops at children. That's it. After that, I don't really think there's a house or holiday home. Like, all of that stuff is nice, but. You just won baby Kenzo, mini like, Kenzo. I, I, Wait, did I, you say happiness stops or starts? What do, what do you mean? Sorry. He wants a mini me. No, but I thought, he's, I thought he was saying he doesn't want a mini me. It stops at... What, what I mean by that is kind of like, you know, I could be chasing 
property ladder chasing a house chasing oh, okay got you but stuff. content but begins then when i will stop on happiness is when i have a family i think okay so you have family oh, and at that point kenzo to have kids are gonna be so cute oh stop was that i think i think that was a compliment i think that I think was, was the first compliment of series one it's quite late but I, i'm in shock Wait, honestly forget this right caroline caroline stop being greedy with them compliments is she like, dashing them out to you now <laughs> right okay cool and that is a wrap that's a wrap you've been listening to the 40 podcast with leslie caroline and kenzo please do check out our game which you can find at 40cards.com and follow us on instagram and all other socials at follow 40.